Yo, Mod Club, what's up? It's Keaton Cash back for another episode of Mod Love. And this is going to be unlike any other episode because this is totally fucking raw, uncut. I am recording straight into Anchor and I'm not fucking going back. So let's get to it. Why the fuck am I posting this? Why am I posting it this way? Well, fucking, I don't know. I I don't want to say happy Thanksgiving because I think we all know by now that Thanksgiving is stupid as fuck. It's a dumb fucking holiday. We shouldn't be celebrating it. The history is gross, Um, but it's an excuse for families to get together and to eat food and all that sort of thing. So a lot of us in the States are fucking participating on today. And I want to make this episode because I have a shitty fucking family. And so if you have a great supportive family, I'm genuinely happy for you. But this episode is just a little quickie outreach of support for all of you guys out there and non-binary who have shitty fucking families like I do. So I am going to my aunt's house in an hour or two. Um, I'm celebrating with my mom's side of the family this year and... I have an aunt who just a couple of months ago was still using my dead name. Now she was using my dead name to my mom when she didn't think I would see her text, but I did. I ended up having a long text conversation with her about it. And, you know, she just defends and defends and defends. And then my mom gets upset and blames me for uh, you know, for, for what do I want to say for <laughs> disturbing the peace, right? Like I should be the one to just calm down about it. Now, if you've been listening to the show or watching the YouTube channel or whatever, you might know, like I have been fully passing for, I don't know, 15, 16 years on hormones for, I think this is my 17th year. I don't know. I've, I'm losing count, but I have been fighting this fucking battle with my mom's side of the family the entire fucking time. And why have I had to do that? Because they are being assholes. It's like, that's basically all it comes down to is like, they're being stubborn assholes. There's a lot wrapped into it. They don't want to be told what to do. They don't care what it's about. But bottom line, it's illogical. It's disrespectful. And... To me, it's just flat out stupid. So a lot of the time, I refuse to participate in anything that they're doing. I'm making the choice to go ahead and do it this year for reasons I won't get into just to keep this podcast nice and short. But, you know, does the whole family constantly misgender me and misuse my pronouns? No, but it's always a struggle for them and they allow themselves the ability or, you know, I don't know, the grace, the room, the permission to fuck it up and to expect me not to make it a big deal. But here's the thing is like, I've always made it a big deal. I never let it go. And so it's almost become this like battle of the wills that I don't want. I don't appreciate it. I don't like it. It's no fun, but I also refuse to back down. Um, you know, I want to, I'm talking about this because I want to just give you a little context of like, you know, this shit is real. And if you're still dealing with it and you're super late into your fucking transition, like I am, like I get you and 
you're not alone. You know, that's really the main point of this podcast today is just a little quickie reminder to let those of you with shitty fucking families or even just one shitty family member who can ruin it for everybody and especially for you, you're not alone. We're all, you know, lots of us are feeling this uh, today and we're going to feel it again at Christmas and maybe New Year's. And, you know, for some of you that are still stuck living at home, maybe you're fucking feeling it every fucking day. And that really sucks. And I'm sorry for you. But please just know that you're not alone and that things will get better and that things will change, Um, especially like, you know, just do everything you can to get out of the house, you know, in a safe manner. When it comes to coping strategies and how to deal with this stuff, I also want to, you know, provide you a voice of support in saying that I don't think that there is necessarily a right way or a wrong way to deal with it. You know, some people are naturally more agreeable and more passive when it comes to dealing with these kinds of instances with, you know, problematic family members or family friends or whatever. And that might just be your temperament. That just might be your vibe. That might be your choice. And like, you know, if that's what feels good and right for you to, you know, let people get away with it sometimes or, you know, to tone yourself down for family engagements and things like that. Like if that's what feels good and helps you cope and helps you get through it and and you don't, you know, maybe you mind like, you know, 20%, but, you know, 80% of you is like, nah, it's not a big deal then, you know, that's okay. I'm not here to tell you, like, you got to be up in arms and you got to, like, do this or that. But I also want to say, you know, if you do want to be up in arms and, you know, challenge and and cause a stir and all that sort of thing, that's also okay, in my opinion, right? This is all just my opinion. But um, I want you to feel, like, fully supported and backed to take care of yourself however you feel you need to do that. I have had Christmases where I have, this was quite a while back. This was actually when I first came out as quote gay, uh, when I first started dating women when I was like 18, 19, and the family was like mega, mega freaking out back then. You know, I think it goes without saying, uh, you know, these people, my family members are a bunch of like Republican religious right, like dickwads. Um, They can't form like a logical argument to save their lives and I can run circles around them uh, when it comes to debate, but it doesn't even matter. That's the, (laughs) that's, that's the hilarious slash like kill me now aspect of this whole thing is like you, like you can just squash them with logic and reason like over and over and over and over. And it doesn't matter because that's not really what it's about. And that's not really where they're coming from. Um, it's it's a strange like upside down world, right? Talking to them and dealing with them. Um, where was I going? Yeah, so back when I came out as gay and they were especially freaking out, it was uh, kind of the first you know time that I was like really making a big stand for myself about something. And yeah, you know, there was several Christmases where I'd show up, uh, the first time somebody would say something fucked up to me, I would just walk out. And then my mom would freak out because I was walking out on Christmas and all that stuff. But I was just like, yeah, you know what? Suck it. Like, I was really trying to teach them 
boundaries and how to treat me and all that sort of thing. And like, even though I'm still having this issue with one aunt, um, and even though my mom still doesn't like back me the way I think that she should to my aunt, etc. Uh, you know, at, I will say that they know to like, unfortunately, it's turned into like them sort of walking on eggshells around me. But again, if they do slip up, they really expect me to eat it at this point. And you know what, for a long time, I did sort of eat it. And I, I really gave them like a grace period of like, you know, a couple years probably. Like I don't see them every day. I live very far away. I obviously avoid them as much as possible. So when I would see them or would talk to them, I gave them a grace period. And, you know, that mostly applied to my mom because I was mostly talking to her and she kept screwing it up too for a really long time. Uh, and my middle name, Cash, I gave myself because my whole life growing up, my mom always said if she had had a boy, she would have named him Cash. So I thought, perfect. And I liked the name. I just naturally did. So, and she always said Cash with a K. I don't know. She saw it somewhere. She liked it. And so I used to say to her, just fucking call me Cash. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, you said you liked that name. And then she pretended like, like, like that story, like I was making that story up and like she had never, ever said that in her life, you know, just fucking classic gaslighting shit. So yeah, I've walked out on Christmases. I've walked out on events. Um, I've avoided countless family vacations, said no. Um, and in general, even before I was knew I was queer and I was just living amongst these people on a daily basis in like middle school and high school age and even younger, honestly, I would just gray rock the shit out of them. And if you're not familiar with the term gray rocking, it's a term that I learned about a year ago, but I was naturally doing it my whole life because these people are also intense narcissists. And Gray rocking is a coping mechanism for dealing with narcissists. It's basically comes from the principle that narcissists are feeding off your energy. And that might sound a little weird, but if you've really spent time with a narcissist, I think you'll understand. Uh, and there's like countless YouTube videos on narcissism. It's like the new trendy thing to talk about. So when a narcissist is feeding off your energy, you know, they can do that in a variety of ways. They can do it just by like talking incessantly at you and not asking you anything about yourself, um, not really engaging with your responses, not caring what your responses or your point of view might be, just basically using you as a soundboard um, and not seeing you, right? And they're usually doing that in a way where they're also prodding you for adoration, praise, laughter, et cetera. And if, they, if they're not getting what they want, they can get a little more aggressive about it, which my family does or used to do a lot and probably still does, where they will start making fun of you, start, you know, doing things to rile your feathers. They want that rise out of you. It like feeds them in some kind of weird way. 
So gray rocking is kind of what it sounds like. It's like you basically just like shut your energy field off and become a gray rock, like just fucking, you know, become a rock on the ground, like just completely inert, no energy, no movement, like nothing to give. And it's a way of you like holding on to yourself. It's a way of you like existing in the space, existing in the event to like get through whatever the fuck is going on. But internally just kind of giving yourself a really tight hug and just shutting yourself down. Um, it's not fun. It's, you know, even while you're gray rocking, like you feel like shit, but when you're not participating and you're not sort of fighting back or making snarky comments back, or, you know, I don't know, getting upset and crying or like whatever might be coming up for you. It's a way of just minimizing the drama. It's a way of like playing dead, you know, it's, it makes me think of like animals and insects and stuff, you know, they'll just fucking play dead and then the animal will eventually get disinterested and just, you know, the attacker will get disinterested and just move on. That's really what it is. It's energetically playing dead. And when you're energetically playing dead, you're kind of, you know, externally playing dead a bit too, because you're not really engaging. You're not really talking. Uh, so yeah, I, I naturally did this around most of my family growing up. It was a real drag being back in these environments, even after I'd been gone for so, so long, um, stirs it back up, stirs that old fucking trauma shit back up for me. I feel it. It feels gross. It feels icky. I just, you know, I, I have zero respect for these people. Um, so lean into that if that's helpful lean into gray rocking try it out uh you know back when i was in high school it resulted in my mom and i having a lot of arguments where we'd be on the way to grandma's house or aunt's house or whatever and you know and the argument would then become like i want you to talk when we get there you better talk you better be nice you better smile you you know grandma's cooking this or that or you know whatever trying to guilt trip me into participating and being nice and all that sort of thing, uh, which was just kind of more of the same, just more, you know, just more berating me without ever really saying like, hey, why don't you feel like talking or like, what's going on? You know, there's no exploration about like, why do you feel this way? Why are you behaving this way? It was always just like very top down, like, I need you to be what I need you to be and I need you to be it now and always and et cetera, right? So, um, again, though, just back to like relaying these stories just as a motion of support to anybody else who's going through it, um, you know, use what, use the mechanisms that work for you, that make you feel good, that keep you safe. At the same time, be emboldened where, you know, if you've been trying something out, maybe that's more passive and that's not working for you and you don't know where to go from there, you want to try something else out. There are some articles online. If you Google things like, you know, you know, Thanksgiving dinner with family queer or something like that. Right. Um, I can't tell you for sure, like how helpful those articles are going to be, but I will say for me, 
what I had to do with my mother, because she was really the only one on the side of the family that I gave any fucks about, even though she was extremely problematic. I knew that through, despite her being problematic, my mom had a very big heart and she meant well and she wanted things to be better. She just was fucking clueless as to how to go about it. And, you know, I, I could have some compassion there because my mom and her sisters and whatever, it's a toxic family system, right? So everything was very toxic when they were kids. They all ran away. My mom ran away when she was in ninth grade. She had me when she was barely 16. So there's a lot of context there. But so when I came out and I was trying to end this fucking cycle of abuse, frankly, with my mother, um, what I did with the help of a therapist and with the help of my girlfriend at the time, who was a bit older and wiser, uh, was I just, you know, I told my mom in very simple terms, like, look, this is what we're allowed to talk about. And this is what we're not allowed to talk about. And, you know, here's some things that you're not allowed to say to me anymore. And if you say those things or talk about these things, like I'm going to hang up the phone because at this point we were about six or seven hours away from each other. So we were only talking on the phone. And that was really interesting. And I had to be really committed and not screw it up. But, you know, it was easy for me not to screw it up. It was scary because I really, really thought I was going to lose the relationship with my mother forever. And she was so codependent on me. I was scared that she would like, honestly like kill herself or something crazy uh which she did not but laying those boundaries down meant that you know once you lay them down you got to stick to them right so people really respect them and my mom would call me a lot and i would answer and she you know in the beginning she'd fuck up in the first like 15 seconds and i'd be like mom you said the thing i'm hanging up now and i'd hang up it took a solid six months of me doing that before we had a conversation where I didn't hang up on her. I distinctly remember that it was like right around the six month mark where I was like, wow, we got through a conversation where we didn't hang up. And, you know, kudos to her for also <laughs> sticking it out, right? Uh, she didn't give up either. But, you know, through that and then through like, you know, I, that's through the subsequent visits that resulted in me sometimes having to walk out and things like that. It was just, it was just me always having to exercise those boundaries and me always having to say like, these are the boundaries. I've told you what they are. And if X, Y, Z happens, I'm leaving because when it comes to family, a lot of the times all we have to leverage is our presence. So, you know, just if you're going to leave or if you're going to lay those kinds of boundaries down, just make sure you're in some semblance of a safe environment. You know, I would only do those things if I had my own car there, for example, and I could get in my own car and leave. And that's not always the case. 
Anyway, uh, I'm going to leave it there. I hope this has helped somebody who's out there and, uh, you know, leave a message, send an email, send a question, send a comment into um, questions.modlove at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your feedback, um, you know, if this helped you out. There's also like a mechanism on Spotify where you can leave messages. And uh, I'm going to be posting some more episodes real soon. And you know what? I think this went pretty well. Rather, you know, you know, it's been kind of getting in my way of uploading a lot is like I'm uploading podcasts while I'm also recording and then it goes to my editor and the whole thing takes time. It takes a lot of time to upload, but just talking right into the mic. It's my first time doing it. Non-censored, no edit, but I dig it. So maybe we'll do this more often. All right. Uh, good luck out there guys. Fucking good luck. Bye.